is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 17th, 2020, season 16, episode number 65. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. I'm live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick, Dave, and Amber joining me today. And uh, we're going to turn the show over, over to Amber here in just a little bit. We're going to do some fan questions. We don't get to fan questions often enough. So we decided we're going to turn over the almost most of the show today. Um, to to you guys and let you guys uh, get some questions in and we'll answer as many as we can uh, and hear what you guys think is important to discuss. We do have a few news items, uh, a few topics we want to hit before we get to that, though. Um, Yesterday, we find out that Andy Dalton and Cheeto Awuzie both uh, were back at practice, uh, according to Coach McCarthy. The expectation is at this point that they will both play this weekend, first starting with Andy do you expect to see the offense play any better than it uh, playing even better than it did versus Pittsburgh with Andy back? Nick, let's start with you. Yeah, I think uh, I expect that. I think the Cowboys expect that, or, or they would have, you know, gone to Gilbert. I think that they feel like a little bit better quarterback play uh, would have won that game. I'm sure it would have won the Eagles game as well, and so. You know, as as good as Gil- Gilbert played, based off our expectations, I think that you know it, it could have been way better, obviously. And and I think that they're just hoping that Dalton, with a couple of weeks off here, maybe he's fully healthy now, and, and he can convert some of those field goals into touchdowns. So yeah, I would I would think that he could be a little bit better. Amber. I think so. There's a possibility of that, but there's just something that I. Th- feel that it just doesn't work with Andy Dalton and I think obviously he has all the experience he's a proven guy you've seen him do it you know he can do it but at the same time for some reason and this is just me I just feel that he just doesn't quite fit in with the guys in the offense I just feel like there is a lack of connection there and unity in a way And, and there's nothing necessarily to back this up it's merely based on the interviews that I've watched, the the guys when they go up there and, and try to talk to the media, just the way I've heard certain players express themselves about Andy Dalton makes me feel like there is a lack of unity there and a lack of connection. And, and not to say there's nothing bad, like it's nothing bad against him whatsoever or his skills, but to me personally, I just feel that Gary Gilbert fits in better and Therefore, maybe that's a reason why we saw the offense perform differently than what we saw with Andy Dalton, even though Andy Dalton have a, had a very limited time on the field. Dave. Those Andy is Andy quotes really bothered you, huh? <laughs> What'd you say? That, that, that was the only thing coming out when Andy Dalton was the starting quarterback was, Andy is Andy. He, he looks the same as he always does. And it, you're not wrong. It was very yeah. boring. But 
I I'm I lean toward thinking Andy Dalton's going to be a pretty drastic improvement, honestly, and I'm I'm banking mainly on the fact that Zach Martin basically was out for both of his starts. Uh, he went down early in that Arizona game and missed the Washington game. I think having him there can stabilize that offensive line, and yeah, like I I think he's the better quarterback. I'll be surprised if he doesn't play significantly better than he did against the Cardinals and uh, Washington. Yeah, I think that'll be the interesting thing. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic is the way I would put it because I do think that what I saw from the offense last week was different than what I've seen since Dak has been out. So I, what I don't know is, like you say, Dave, I don't know if that's because Zach Martin was out and now Zach's back and the offensive line was better because of that. Or was the offensive line better because the quarterback got rid of the ball quicker and was being more decisive with his decisions getting the ball out, right? So that's where I really don't know. And and I think that'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on this week as uh, it, it, everything points to the fact that Andy Dalton will be your starter and presumably play the entire game. Let's look at the defensive side of the ball. Cheeto's coming back. You've lost Trayvon Diggs. Do you expect the, the defense to be better, worse, or the same with basically swapping out Cheeto for Trayvon Diggs? Let's start with you, Dave. The same. I think you're you're swapping out one solid corner who occasionally gets beaten for another solid corner who occasionally gets beaten. I think if you had them both, you would probably feel pretty good, but you don't. So it's you know it's Cheeto on one side, and then you piece it together with everybody else as you go. So. I would guess it's going to look fairly similar, which is to say, okay. All right, Nick. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, you'd like to have them both because I think they would be your two best cornerbacks, uh, especially the two best on the outside. But you know, it, it, Cheeto will, will should be you know, should be well rested. He also should should you know be aware of, of certain things, certain looks. Um, and you know Minnesota, they 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 have some some good receivers. They got a good you know, young rookie that I know Dave knows all about. But they also you know Adam Thielen's a really good route runner, really good player, good, good pass catcher. So you know you just you'd like to have them both. Probably from an awareness standpoint, I mean you, you get more with Cheeto, but you know Diggs is a better playmaker. I mean he's got two interceptions, and I think Cheeto has One. four for his career. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. for his career, yeah. So I mean, it's it's you know he gets about one a year. So um, and he's got his his one. So I I think it's probably going to be about a wash, unfortunately. Amber. Uh, I I agree. I think that uh, we might get a similar look uh, at least in the these first few games of him coming back. I mean, he's missed a really long time. It feels like he, uh, he's been out since week two. Then he was out part of training camp because he had suffered another injury at training camp. I forgot what it was, but it was like maybe his knee or something like that. And he was out for a little bit. So he's missed a lot of time on the football field. So I I have a feeling that it might take him a little while for him to kind of get back uh, on the track and and get back to football shape. Although they're not going to put him out there on the field in a real game if he's not ready. But at the same time, I think it's going to take him a couple of games to kind of go back to him full like being him full self on the field all right let's move to another topic and uh, i'm going to ask you guys to put on your gm hats a little bit here uh deandre baker's a guy that's been in the news here recently he was a guy that was on the new york giants he was drafted by the new york giants he was charged with armed robbery and over the last day or two uh those charges were all dropped 
at the time when he was first charged, the Giants decided to cut him. So he is a free agent. He's sitting out there. Was, uh, I guess by all accounts, and Dave, I'll ask you since you do the draft show, give me a scouting report on what you guys thought of this guy coming into the, the NFL. From what I remember, DeAndre Baker, he's a pure, like, classic man corner. You know, Georgia used to put him out on an island. He was an elite college player. I don't think he gave up a passing touchdown during either of his seasons as a starter. Uh, wow. Average athleticism, like, he's he's not a freaky athlete, but he was just a sticky man corner. Uh, Giants drafted him 30th. He was one of three first-round picks they made that year. Um and I, I, the, the, the big thing that I remember being a knock, which is interesting because of what's happened with him over the last six months, is uh, his off-field demeanor got a lot of bad marks. People questioning how much he liked football, people questioning his attitude. I think I remember a report last season that he fell asleep during a meeting, uh, that type of stuff. Um, so, I mean, and you know, you talk about an elite cover corner who played at a program like Georgia, you would think he would higher than 30th overall so that probably contributed to it a little bit um and i you know just he had a really rough rookie season like even by even by rookie cornerback standards he got picked on a lot last year so that's kind of the thumbnail i guess with that all being said and understanding where this team is with regards to cornerbacks, we've talked a lot about the fact that they're going to be losing some cornerbacks, presumably, or could lose some cornerbacks this offseason with free agency coming up. Would you, if you were the Cowboys GM, make the decision to, to give this a shot if you had an opportunity to go in and get this guy? Nick, let's start with you. Well, if I was the Cowboys GM, I'd be Jerry. And if I'm Jerry, I go and look at it. I mean, Jerry does. This is what this is the type of thing that Jerry always does. Um, you're trying to steal players. You're trying to steal talent. They've done it since, you know, since the moment he got here. If, if Charles Haley had a little bit of talent left and he could get him for cheap, let's bring him in. Yeah. And it doesn't always work out. Demetrius Underwood, Alonzo Spellman, it doesn't work out all the time. Uh, Greg Hardy. I mean, but yeah. he's trying to steal talent and so he's going to look at it i think i think you have to i think they, they look at the situation they see is it worth the headache and it sounds like in a year it's been a headache enough for the giants to say even without even knowing what's going on yeah. the giants said we're out so that means to me there's 31 teams available to sign him i doubt the giants will be one of them because he'll probably won't want to resign them that they turned their back on him before they knew all the information but 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 they might have known enough to say no thanks but jerry We'll look into it. It doesn't mean he'll sign them. doesn't mean that they'll, they'll get them, but they, they will always try to get acquired talent like this. Amber, would you kick the tires? That's a tough one because uh, obviously you always want to get talent, especially at an area of need on your team. But at the same time, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't want to deal with behavioral issues and problems outside the field so I don't want to bring that into the locker room or anything like that and to me hearing what the head coach from the Giants said and the fact that they're like you know we made the decision that this is what's better for our team not to have him on there to me that says a lot because those people know you a lot better than other teams do and people from the outside and and we know we've seen it I mean Nick was talking about Jerry Jones and We've seen it with Jerry Jones when it comes to certain players. For example, Randy Gregory, very, very, very different story. But when you have guys that you you have your ba their backs and, and you want to root for them and all that, 
it, it just to me says a lot that the fact that the Giants decided to turn their backs and say bye. So uh, I would say no. I, I'll pass on that. Dave. I, I just want to oh, point out ahead, two, ahead, two, two more players real quick, though. Two more players, and Dave might even mention this, but that are on the roster right now, Jordan Lewis and Lyle Collins, both of those guys, the Cowboys did their homework. They said, all right, we see what's in the news. We see what's been reported and all this, but let's do our homework and see. And, and they brought both of them in, and you know there hasn't been any issues there. So I'm not saying it's the same thing. Like Amber said, everything's different. But I think the Cowboys will at least do their homework. They have to. They'd be silly not to. And, and then they'll make the, their judgment from there. I would also point out that, you know, you can say the Giants turned their back on him. Maybe they did, but the charges that were alleged were pretty intense. Like, if you go read the police report from over the summer, talking about sticking guns in people's faces and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, you know, it it was the type of situation where I don't blame a team for wanting to distance themselves from that. You know, this isn't like cutting a guy over a a drug you know a marijuana arrest or something like that so um i think that's a little bit different i i don't really think there's a wrong answer to this like kick the tires on a first round talent maybe you steal some player like nick said or also if you just feel like he's it's not worth risking you know the influence in the room that i don't blame you for that either I lean toward thinking I'd give it a look just because there's really no downside. Uh, You bring him in for seven weeks, see what he can do. If it goes great, that's great. And if it doesn't, you can let him go. So, yeah, I'd I'd probably do it just because I don't. Yeah, uh, the one thing I'll say here is I, I look at the Giants, and that actually gives me pause what they did. And the reason why is because if he's a young guy who they drafted high, um, that they were willing to say at that moment without having all of the facts or at least all the facts that we know of, um, were willing to say, hey, we're just going to part ways. It makes me think that maybe his behavior before that corroborated that story enough for them, right? They, they could see a scenario. You know how sometimes you, you hear something that someone did and you're like, eh, doesn't shock me, right? Or you hear something someone did and you're like, oh, my God, Really? I think this might have fallen in the in the category maybe for the Giants of, eh, doesn't shock me. And so in that situation, they were like, he's not playing great on the field. Maybe his attitude isn't what we want it to be. We're not shocked by this. We make a move. That's the kind of thing that would make me a little bit leery. But as you mentioned, Nick, like the Cowboys do this. This is what they do. They look at situations where they can steal talent and, and get it on the cheap. And And so I think they certainly should. Because that's the way they they proceed, I think they should at least take a look at this, do their due diligence, which I'm sure they have people who can find out more information about what really happened and find out, you know, what this guy is really all about. And then if they feel like they can bring him in without affecting the locker room, if they think they can bring him in and 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 be a second chance for him, where maybe if his attitude wasn't great in the past, maybe they think it, it can get better then do that um, because they certainly could use the talent. We all know it. The cornerback position, they could definitely use the talent. So I think it would be a good thing for them long term. We're going to go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, we're going to jump into fan questions. We're going to get up to a lot of them. Amber has them all lined up for us. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. 
So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Give the gift of the Cowboys this holiday season with the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Membership start at just $20 to join Dallas Cowboys United. Presented by Globe Life, visit DallasCowboys.com slash United to join today. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to spend the whole rest of the show taking questions from you guys. We want to hear what you guys have to think. Amber has questions lined up. Amber, what you got? Okay, now that I'm looking at the list of questions, this question I probably should have given you guys a heads up because I doubt you you know this from the back of your head. But yesterday, Derek, you brought up Jeff Heath and and what he's doing over there in Vegas. When you start looking at his contract compared to what the Cowboys are losing in guarantees when they decided to cut Haha Clinton Dix. How, how does that compare? Is there a big amount of money in comparison to what they did with Clinton Dix versus what they could have done with Jeff Heath and trying to keep him here in Dallas? Uh, no, they're not. I mean, they're not that different. I think, haha, shoot, I can pull it up. Haha signed for like one year, three and a half with like two, of the, two and a half of that guaranteed. Jeff Heath signed a two-year, $6 million deal, I think. Um, yeah, HaHa signed a $4 million deal. Jeff Heath signed a two-year, $6 million deal. So they're very similar. And when when Heath left and HaHa signed, people were like, this is a wash or maybe even a downgrade. Like at this point in his career, HaHa Clinton Dix is not definitively better than Jeff Heath. Um, I think that's I think that's a difference between, you know, a, a coaching staff, you know, the guys that really loved and knew Jeff Heath aren't here anymore. And the new coaching staff wanted somebody that they were more familiar with or they thought it was a better fit. Um, I'm not trying to hear people act like letting Jeff Heath go was this stupid decision based on how many fans hated him while he was here, though. That's I mean, that's the 
that's the epitome of hindsight is 2020. Now, to follow that up, do you guys think, still think that it was a bad decision from the Cowboys to have decided to cut HaHa Clinton Dix before the start of the season and even giving him a try to having him on the field? Well, I mean, when, when you consider that they brought in Steven Parker up and, up and down from the practice squad, and I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's hard for us to say how bad HaHa was. Uh, Apparently the coaches didn't didn't like him at all, and and they've let him go. And I don't believe he's in the league anywhere. So, you know, it's he must have been pretty bad. But I mean, when you what you've seen out of Darian Thompson and Stephen Parker, and you, you you think, well, I'd like to think for the veteran it, it would click here at some point. Um, so, I, I thought it was a little bit early to do that, especially when you don't have any backups that are playing well. Your starter next to Xavier Woods isn't doing anything really so I, I i would have probably kept him but again it's hard to say we weren't re- watching a ton of practice to be able to see what was happening and what what wasn't happening yeah i what will a- say <laughs> i always thought it was oh sorry go ahead Derek. dave go ahead i always i mean nick is right we didn't get to see a whole lot but like i remember thinking it was weird haha was a starter for about the first four days of practice and then he was just buried on the depth chart. And I was always like, I'm like, man, we sure haven't had a whole lot of training camp for y'all to just decide that this guy's not worth a damn right off the bat. Like, it must have been, I mean, he either must have been way more atrocious than I thought, or maybe the fit just wasn't there with the coaches. Maybe they didn't, you know, people talk about, you know, trading Everson Griffin maybe because he didn't mess with the coaches. Maybe it was a situation like that. I don't know. It sure felt like they abandoned the experiment early, but I'm, I'm pretty confident saying, like, I don't think their safety play would be significantly better if he was still here. I think the mistake was not investing more heavily in the offseason, which, I mean, we all know that anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. The, the interesting part to me is, and I know in NFL terms, Dave, I think you said that the number was $2, two million that was guaranteed on that deal. Obviously, in NFL terms, that's not a ton of money. But for me, I look at it and say, how wrong were they either in the evaluation when they were trying to sign him or once he got here, how bad did he actually play for them to just say, hey, we'd rather just give you $2 million to leave us. You know, at a position where we already we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have a clear starter. We don't have players that we feel like are great. Um, to me, that's that's more of a just kind of a, a really weird situation where how bad did he have to really play, or how off were they in their evaluations when they signed him to just give him two million dollars to walk away? That that's the part that really baffles me here, and I don't know that we really know the answer. I think part of it is in the fact that. If it's true that he hasn't signed with anyone to this point, then that may tell you a lot that maybe he, we made the evaluation or the Cowboys made the evaluation uh, that was very different than a lot of other teams and that the other teams are like, well, there's no way we're taking this guy. And the Cowboys were willing to give him $2 million to, to just walk away and go sit at home. Now let's uh, switch the subject over to the quarterback position. I think we we all assume that Andy Dalton might be the starter this weekend. Uh, Nick, you can start answering this question. What would you say is the length of Dalton's leash as far as at what point, how many games do the Cowboys give him for them to maybe decide, okay, maybe he's not the right fit, and then maybe we need to let Gary Gilbert 
play as the quarterback? Um, one, if he's terrible. Two, if it's if he's okay, but they lose, and then the second one's not very, you know, not very good either. But if it's terrible in Minnesota, one. But but um, but you got to be careful. You got to be careful right now with all that, and and you the Cowboys have to be prepared for a lot of things going into this. One of them being get Garrett Gilbert ready to play against Washington. And I think it was Chris Beam that pointed this up. Chris, our producer, said, you better get a backup snapper. You better get another quarterback. You better get a backup punter kicker. Because if something happens in this game with the COVID rules, you don't have enough time to get um, another player for Thursday to bring him in here and all that. So that, that being said, you better get guys ready to go. I'm giving Dalton one game. If he's, if he's not good at all, then, then I'm going to go to Gilbert. And that's not a very long leash, but that's how close it is for me right now. Derek or Dave? Uh. Yeah, I think, um, I, I mean, if Andy is just absolutely god-awful, like just putrid on Sunday, then I think probably one game. Like, I mean, if he just absolutely looks terrible. Maybe you, quarters, right? Yeah, mm. I mean, but Maybe. I I guess my point, I just, I just, I'll be pretty surprised if that happens. Like, I'll be yeah. pretty surprised if he is awful. Uh, so, I mean, I, I could stand to be corrected, but my guess is as long as he looks decent, I think he's the starter and as long as Dallas is mathematically alive, you know? Uh, you know, if, if they're trading wins and losses, I think he's the starter the rest of the way. If they lose the next three games and they're 2-10, and ten, then I think you probably want to look at Garrett Gilbert. Um, so as, as long as he doesn't look god-awful, I think he's the starter as long as they're still technically – in the division race. Uh, but, I mean, if he just looks terrible against Minnesota, then I think you have to change that line of thinking. Yeah, you know, to be honest with you, if, if you guys listened to Jerry this morning on the radio, he made it seem as though, like, that's his guy. Andy is his guy. They brought him in for this purpose exactly. Uh, if you had to put a quarterback in, he feels like he has the most experience. Um, he is a, uh, as Jerry called him this morning, he is a starter. He is a starter caliber quarterback in the NFL. Um, I don't think anybody's saying that necessarily about Garrett Gilbert. So as much as we all may see think that, I personally don't think that the Cowboys are thinking that. I think when it comes down to it, unless there is a situation where he is just playing just really horrible football, I think that down for the rest of the, the season, unless he's injured or unless COVID pops back up, I think Andy Dalton is going to be your starter. And they're going to see how they do with Andy Dalton as a starter because I think they believe in his experience uh, and they want to take advantage of the experience, and that's why they brought him here, is to be able to take advantage of the experience. So he's going to have to be really, really awful in order for them uh, to not play him and go with it, Garrett Gilbert. That's funny because you guys keep talking about being awful, and then I- I'm just here thinking, okay, define awful because we've seen <laughs> awful already. So what's, what's the level okay. of awful okay. here? Cardinals. Mm. Cardinals yeah. because – I mean, Washington, such a wash, okay? That was just terrible the way that whole thing was set up for failure there. Um, and I think you'll see that next Thursday when they play. I think it'll be a much different type game. Zach Martin will help a lot there. The weather, obviously, everything's going to be different. But Arizona, they it wasn't all his fault. He, he didn't get a lot of help. He got some drop passes, but he wasn't that great either. And they only had three points until everybody went to bed, and then they scored another touchdown. So... I think that's kind of 
borderline here. You're playing about an equal type team. Minnesota, Arizona. Arizona's better than Minnesota, but, you know, they're, they're about close to equal. And if he doesn't play well, they get, he has a field goal through most of the game, that's pretty awful for me. See, I, I think I – I mean, I hear you. I'm not saying Andy was good against Arizona, but just looking at it, you know, he completed 63% for 266, led them on a couple of scoring drives. Again, not saying they played great. They got their asses kicked. But if he can do that, I think he stays in. It's more like if he's posting a line like Ben DiNucci did in Philly or, you know, Carson Wentz in Philly where you're struggling to even approach 200 yards passing, you know – you four yards per attempt, something terrible like that. That's where I think you have to make a change. But he at least looked like a competent quarterback against Arizona. So I think he would have to be worse than that to get pulled. Yeah, I think, honestly, it's going to come down to turnovers and it's going to come down to missing opportunities. So if regularly the coaches are seeing this guy is open, he missed the read, he didn't get the ball there, he missed the throw, or, and or I should say, He's turning the ball over. If he's throwing interceptions, if he's getting sack fumbles where he's just giving the ball away, I think those are two things that that I think would quickly define for them that he's playing poorly. And if you get to that situation, then I think maybe they make a move. We heard Mike McCarthy talk about how one of the keys for him right now with this team is trying to solve the turnover issue. So if he takes it back to, to where they were a few weeks ago where they're turning the ball over at this you know crazy rate, and he's doing two or three turnovers a game, then I think that could get him pulled. Do you have something? All right, Nick? well, let's take our final. Okay. No. Okay, I thought you had something. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry, I can't see Nick on my screen, so I didn't know if he was about to talk or not. <laughs> I mean, I, I always have something, but, I mean, uh, I, I'll, I'll just, uh, yeah, let me throw this part in. If it's not that great, do you get an advantage by starting Gilbert against Washington? Now, Washington hasn't seen him. They've prepared for Dalton, and it, was, it went well for them. Gilbert would give them maybe a new look. You only have a short amount of time to do that. But I'm just saying, you know, if it's not that great, you know, we know how it is on Thanksgiving. There's always a spark. There's always something. It would be a similar type atmosphere maybe to the, to the Pittsburgh game, even though you'd have more home fans, I'm sure. But I'm just saying it's, it's that festive feeling. I think Gilbert, if it's not good, if they lose in a, they lose in a bad way against Minnesota, I think I could see that switch, and it might give them an advantage because Washington hasn't prepared for him yet. I guess we'll see what happens uh, pretty soon. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and take our final break, and we have plenty more questions to get to when we come back after this break. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way. 
where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. The 2020 PBR Unleash the Beast World Finals will be at AT&T Stadium this Thursday through Sunday. Don't miss a second of the action. Get your tickets now at PBR.com or SeatGeek.com. Welcome back. We are in the right. final segment of the show. Amber's taking questions from the fans, and we're going to jump right back in. What you got, Amber? Thank you, Derek. I have a long question, so bear with me and be patient. <laughs> we, we keep talking a lot about the draft and all that, so here's a, a draft question, basically. If the Cowboys finish with the worst record in the NFL, is there any chance that they decide to draft a quarterback or Trevor Lawrence and let Dak hit free agency in order for them to be able to take advantage of the lower cap number and therefore be able to shore up on defense and fix the issues on the O-line. So basically to save money so they can fix other issues around the team. This is going to be the debate that doesn't go away as long as the Cowboys are in the top five of the draft order, which we'll see, you know, obviously we'll see how that pans out. Um, You know, it's... It's a very interesting topic of conversation because you're taking a hell of a risk that any rookie quarterback is ever going to be better than what we've seen from Dak Prescott. Having said that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is probably, and honestly, I, I think the world of Justin Fields too. I think those are maybe the best pair of quarterback prospects that have come out since Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin were at the top of the draft in 2012. And To be blunt, I don't think the Cowboys would be doing their jobs correctly as a front office if they didn't at least consider it. But I also, one, I don't think they're going to be drafting in the top two. And two, I think Dak Prescott is that good that it's probably not worth the risk of letting him walk. So I I don't think you're crazy for asking the question, but I don't think it's going to happen either. I, th- I think the Cowboys. I agree with th- I agree with that with uh, with what Dave said. I, I don't think they will be drafting right up there, but but you know close enough to at least talk about it. I mean, think about last year. This point last year, everyone was saying the Dolphins or other teams might tank for Tua. Well, Tua ends up fifth, right, or fifth or sixth. So he fell a little bit. So I'm not saying Lawrence is going to fall, but I'm saying we don't really know how everything's going to always shake out. But I I just. I think the Cowboys need to do their homework and evaluate these quarterbacks. And if Trevor Lawrence is the number one quarterback, number one player on the board and, and, uh, and all of that, and he's one of the best they've seen in all this time, then, yeah, I think you have to consider that uh, because, yes, he's a rookie quarterback, but 
you you know you put him in. This team was designed to be be that way. I mean, they they brought in a rookie quarterback and he had success because of how it was built. Now it's it's not built that way now, but it can get rebuilt that way if you had an extra thirty one million dollars sitting around like you do this year. So I think you have to consider it. I mean, if if you're up there and Trevor Lawrence is definitely the guy that they they think is one of the best quarterbacks that has come out in recent years you know I'll point out a couple things on this the first thing is when they brought in Dak um, obviously they didn't expect Dak to be what Dak became Uh, but what made Dak so Mm -hmm. successful initially as a young quarterback was the fact that he had a great offensive line and I'm not certain how much stock I put in this offensive line going into next year I think they got some good parts I think they got some really good players I just don't know what the health situation will be for some of them. And so I, I, I don't know what, where the offensive line stands. But that all being said, the way I look at this is if you're in the top two, there is going to be a ransom to be paid by a lot of teams who are looking for quarterbacks to get into those top two. So you can look at it two different ways. Amber, you looked at it from the standpoint of do you restart the clock essentially on the rookie quarterback and have those years where you don't have to worry about uh, paying a quarterback and invest those resources in the defense. I'll look at another way of do you want to trade back, get a, 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 a like I said, a ransom of picks uh, for, from a team that's willing to jump up or that wants to jump up to be able to get a shot at one of those two quarterbacks and then use those picks in order to restart your defense. That's the way I would prefer to do it because I'm a bird in the hand kind of guy. If I've already got a quarterback, I don't know that I'm trying to go back to the well. Even if I think I might marginally get better at quarterback, I think I got a quarterback that's good enough to win championships with. So for me, I say if you get to the top two, you, you trade back, you get more picks, you use those picks to, to reinfuse into your defense, maybe an offensive lineman, and you see where you go from there. I'm all in on Dak. I stick with Dak. I don't, make, I don't, I don't change that up. Now, I should, I should know this by heart. Based on me covering this team in the NFL for like six years, but I forget dates and all of that every single year. So when you look at free agency and the draft and all that, draft is in late April, I believe. And which basic, basically, which decision do you need to to make first? Either figure out what you're gonna do with Dak, or wait until the draft to see if you get a chance to possibly draft a quarterback. You have to tag Dak by sometime in February. I don't know the date off the top of my head, but it's the same every year. Uh, the, the deadline to use the franchise tag is usually two weeks to a month before the start of free agency. That's, I mean, I've been saying that forever. That's why the Cowboys need this money. That's why they're not using it. Is the, like They have to tag Dak. Like, the odds of them getting a deal done between the end of the season and the start of free agency, it's not impossible. It's also not very likely. That does not happen very often because players want to hit the market. They don't want to do the hard work for the team. They want to see what they can get offered. So Dak will need to be tagged by February. I I mean, I would tag him like the day after the season ends just to get it out of the way. And then you go from there. You don't have to sign him long term. You can keep him on the tag and see what happens, you know, whether that's draft capital or potential trades and all that stuff. But he's going to need to be tagged very soon after the season ends. Hey, Dave, Dave, I have a question for you on that. <clears throat> do, you, do you believe the reports that were out there that this last uh, offseason, that on, on the actual final day to actually do a long term deal, 
that the Cowboys and Dak's people were getting closer and they basically ran out of time. Do you, do you put any stock in those reports? Because the reason why I ask that is if you put stock in those reports, maybe they're ready to do a deal once the, 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 the new season opens and they say, hey, you can sign your guys. Maybe they're ready to do a deal if they were getting close at that point and they still feel the same way about one another. I think I believe that they started talking like, you know, I don't think it was dramatic. I don't think that they were like trying to get the signatures on the paper and they ran out of time. You know, I think they they probably, you know, I I buy that they talked and they like maybe made some progress. But if you were close enough to the point where it might have gotten signed, it would have gotten signed. So I don't completely buy that. And. Like I said, it's it's definitely possible. Maybe Dak's injury changes some things as well. You know, maybe maybe Dak would agree to a deal that he's that he wouldn't have before because of what's going on with his ankle. I tend to doubt that. That's just a guess on my part from what I know about Dak. So I really I don't view this as being any different than it was the rehab and everything. All right. Um, were you gonna say something, Nick? No, nah, go ahead. Okay, well, I'll just pose this this question to you first. Uh, you, Derek, you brought up the whole uh, current O line situation. So going back to that and what the cur- uh, what the Cowboys currently have there and the issues that we've seen, based on on that group, starters and backups, um, how viable does it look for twenty? 20- 21. How much resources are you thinking that the Cowboys are going to have to put into the O-line this upcoming year? Yeah, I, I do think that they're going to have to address that. Um, and and the, the, the sad part is is that they, they have been addressing it. I mean, maybe not at tackle, but they, they've continued to do that. I mean, Connor McGovern was just a pick in the third round because he was a, he had high value, and they said, you know, we'll, we'll need to use him at some point, and, and they've addressed it with, addressed it with Connor Williams, uh, uh, you know, the year before, and, and Tyler Biotis this year, you know, fifth round. But, but I, you know, they have addressed it. I think they have to address the tackle position uh, one way or another, you know, get, get solid back up in here or, or future guy or, you know, maybe, maybe you draft a guy. I know that there's some talk there, Dave, would know this on the draft show, I guess the guy from Oregon that's opting out, I mean, who, who could be a, a clear-cut tackle at some point, could start off at guard the way Lyell did or Flozell Adams or whatever, maybe put him in at guard until he's really ready to play tackle. So there's options there, but I, yes, I think you do need to address it even more now. It's funny because I feel, I feel like sort of a sunshine pumper when we talk about the offensive line because, I mean, I do agree. You do need to address it. They need, they need a better swing tackle, and whether that's in the draft, I mean, probably needs to be in the draft because, like we've talked about, signing one in free agency would be very expensive. But, you know, Lyle Collins is 27 years old. I, I, I feel optimistic that he's going to be just fine when he's had a chance to rehab his surgery. Uh, and Tyron Smith, unless he's retired, I don't mean this to sound mean, but you're kind of stuck with him. Like they just restructured his deal. They pushed his money back to make room for Dak's contract. So they can't like cut him or anything or trade him without it being, you know, this crazy hit on their salary cap. So I would imagine you're going to rehab him and hope that him having surgery means he'll be okay. Um, and then between, you know, you still have Connor Williams, still have Connor McGovern, you still have Zach Martin, and you have Tyler Biotish. That seems pretty nice on the interior. So really, we're just talking about needing a third tackle. Yeah. And whether, you know, if they want to draft um, 
Panay Sewell, I think that's how you say his name, that's the Oregon guy. That seems that seems awfully dramatic to me, like drafting a, a swing tackle in the top 10. And I get that he could be your starter in the future, but that still feels really dramatic. But if he's the best player available, go for it. Um, but I, either way, I mean, sometime in the first three rounds of the draft, they probably need to draft a tackle. Yeah, my question would be, if you, if you were going after that Oregon tackle, can he play guard? Because if he can play guard, then yeah. that, that spans you, right? That gives you an opportunity to get him on the field because he'll be one of your best five, and he'll take uh, Connor's spot there at guard. And maybe Connor, Connor becomes your swing tackle, or he's your swing tackle in the event of long-term injury. Um, and then at whatever point they move on from Tyron or Tyron retires, then you just slide him right in and he's ready to roll. So I think, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't completely push that idea out of mind if he can play guard. But uh, but you're right, if he's not going to play guard, then taking a top ten pick and having him a guy that's going to be on the on the sideline with all the problems you got on this team, like that's that's a bad idea, I think, right now. Here's a, a final question going into what you just said, Derek. You know, we, we keep talking about these O-line men that have the flexibility and we're always questioning, oh, is he going to play tackle or is he going to be a guard or maybe center or whatever. I mean, when you when you looking to address whatever position on the O-line, are you still wanting a guy that has that kind of flexibility to be moved around the line? Or are you looking more for someone that, that's more stuck at a certain position that you know it's going to be there, that maybe ha- has more experience at, let's say, tackle, for example, versus to someone that's like, you, you're still, oh, where, where are we going to place him, guard or tackle? So which way would you go someone that's strictly more in one position or someone that still has that kind of flexibility that i'll answer that because i think that that's a very good question and it's very good and it, it, it changes based off of where you're picking um, i can think of two examples uh one one of them played for the cowboys but two examples where Players were drafted very high because they were supposed to be great, great players. So you have to play them at left tackle. But it turns out they weren't very good there. They were better at guard. Robert Gallery was one. I think he was picked two overall by the Raiders. And Leonard Davis, picked by the Cardinals, eventually went to the Cowboys. You're not going to draft a guard at number two. At least you didn't back then. But they drafted him at tackle. They played him there. You know, we see it in the NBA all the time, too. These guys that are drafted 10th, 11th overall, they're not that great until they go to the next team and they're a role player, and that's what they're better at. So it's it's a tricky, tricky part. If you get those guys in the second and third round, I think that's where you love to have the flexibility. They can play different spots for you. They'll be great backups for you. Um, but if you draft them high, I mean, I, position flex is one, but I'd rather have a stud at one spot and say this is where he's going to play. I will say this, too. Typically, when you're drafting that high, the ability of those guys, the athletic ability of those guys, typically means they do have position flexibility. It's kind of like Zach Martin, right? Zach Martin is a great player. You can move him to other spots. Now, they're going to keep him at guard, and they've kept him at guard, and they've only had him play a tackle in emergency situations. But I have no doubt that Zach Martin is such a talented player that you could probably put him anywhere on the offensive line, and he'd be at least okay, if not great, right? So... I think when you're drafting that high, I think it would be, in most instances, the guys probably can do a little different things. That is, Those are interesting names that you brought up, Nick. We have seen that happen from time to time where guys get drafted high to play tackle because that's what you need to, that's where you need to put them if you're going to use right. that much draft capital. But you find out Justify. later yeah. they're, they're better guards 
And uh, and I think that happens from time to time. But again, I think with, with this whole situation and, and just in general, I think it is a general good principle that a player is more valuable if he has position flexibility because that does allow you to be the ability to move him if you need to. And Dave, uh, you'll, you'll probably you'll know this. It seems like teams are willing to draft guards a little bit higher, especially if, if there's a you know clear cut. I know Quentin Nelson was one, but yeah. it seems like there's been others that you could draft if if you've got a stud there. You're not afraid to take guard that high. No, I mean I think you can. I think Zach Martin deserves a lot of credit for that. I mean I know 16, yeah. 16th overall is not like crazy high, but Brandon Scherf is another one in Washington. Quentin Nelson's like you know probably the best offensive line prospect that's come out in the last five years. Yeah, I think. I mean, people see the value in that a lot more than they used to. Like, it used to be a, a thing of, you know, oh, guard's not somewhere you need to draft in the first round. But we know better than most that a really top-notch one can make a world of difference. So it's, you know, I don't bat an eyelash at this point when guards go in the top ten. And if that's the best option, yeah, by all means. Let me throw one more point out before we, we end the show. This is I know there's so much talk. You can't go anywhere without people saying they should tank, they should, they should get a high draft pick, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but if they, if they do get into the playoffs, and they say you're sitting at 18 or so, this team has so many needs that you can still get value throughout the draft. I mean, what if safety is, is in the middle of the, of the you know, first round and you take a guy there? You need one for sure. You need two, actually. Uh, a guard, you could you could maybe justify that if he had some position flex. If you're sitting there around 18 or so, uh, maybe tight end. I, I think they're okay with with Jarwin. I'm just talking about positions that typically don't go super high, but you're sitting there. You're going to need everything. Defensive tackle, you need everything. So uh, I'm not too worried about it. If you sneak into the playoffs and build camaraderie there, you still have some some opportunities to get a good player. It anywhere really in the first round because you need us so much. I don't, I don't completely disagree with you. I mean, if if there's one thing where Cowboy fans, if there's one thing that you can trust this team to do for the most part, it's draft well. And you know, I know they picked Taco over T.J. Watt, but their track record over the last decade speaks for itself in terms of finding talent. I think the thing when you know when you're talking about tanking the season, it's not so much the first round pick. It's that you're picking at the top of every other round. So let's say if you're picking, you know, just like 2016, if you're picking fourth overall, that also means you're picking 34, 35, you're picking 65. And so now you're, you know, if you if you view the top 100 as guys that are instant difference makers, you've got a chance to draft as many as four guys that could compete for starting time right away. I think that's that's what makes more like that's what makes it so exciting more so than than having that top 10 pick in my opinion and i think the other thing to consider there too is and we won't know this until we get a little deeper into the draft and by the way we're going to be starting the draft show this year in december uh but the other thing to consider there is how deep are each of these positions where the cowboys need help right because if you've got a position that is top heavy and let's say for example it's the safety position and it's top heavy i'm not saying it is but if it is and you're drafting later now your opportunities to be able to get one in the first round or in any subsequent round is is diminished because of the fact that it's not as deep of a position. So I think we got to figure out too, what's the depth at each of these positions? How much talent is going to be there, and are there opportunities to get really talented players in the second, third, fourth round, and later in those second, third, fourth rounds? Um, so 
We appreciate you guys joining I mean, us. Go ahead, Nick. We, no, go ahead, Nick. I'm just saying, we, we'll talk about this throughout the last seven weeks. We, we will talk about this this uh, a lot, about tanking and all this stuff. But but it's it's just for for media. It's it's not yeah. for – and maybe some late – or not, just kind of blasé fans, really. But it's not for the team, and it's not for diehard uh, fans. It's just something that you wish they would get. You know, it would be nice to have it. But there's no way to go about it. You don't play for it. You don't you don't go out and play your games that way. So you know what I mean. I, that's why talking about the draft and stuff this early is, I think sometimes it could be pointless because you don't know what you're going to get, and and the team is going to go out to try to win. They're not going to try to to play for it. It's just media that say I don't have a dog in the fight that just want a high draft pick. Well, I, not to get us too far into discussion. I don't think it's. I think there are some diehard fans out there that would prefer the Cowboys to have a higher pick than. Yes, Nick, you can't speak for all. Oh, of them. oh you can't yeah, speak prefer, for all of them. You can't prefer speak for a higher pick. Prefer a higher pick. <laughs> yes. Prefer a higher pick. And, and, yes. And, and what I mean by that is, but not so, to lose to the, no, to Washington. Okay. I, I, what I'm saying is, not, I don't. Not I don't, to lose. I don't think either don't one of us. Lose. I don't think either one of us can speak for every fan out there. And I think there are some diehard fans that would probably call into this show or or text this show. And I've seen them on Twitter that would say that they they prefer that the Cowboys don't necessarily win. They love what they saw last week, which is a competitive team that plays hard and still ends up with a loss. At the end of the day, what they really want is that top-notch pick because they think that has more value than the possibility of getting into the playoffs and losing in the first round. That That's fine. That That's not a diehard. I'm talking about the okay. diehards, not talking about fans that are fans of the team. I'm talking about the ones that die hard. Trust me, I have a college football team. I don't want them to lose, ever. Yeah, ever. that's because you don't, don't get draft care. picks. I'm not losing. Yeah. And they're that, really bad. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, <laughs> Why didn't I mean, we start this conversation know, right? 15 we, minutes ago? We need ago. another 30 minutes we to do this. We have a show to end. We really need 30 <laughs> minutes. I got a lot to say. Derek, end the show. <laughs> The show. All right, tell you what. That's you fine. What. Let's talk about it. We'll talk about it. We will. But they're, they're just not diehards. That's all I'm saying. They're not diehards if you want them to go and lose to that game. Okay. They you didn't like gonna, the Steelers. Here, here's what we're going to do. Your mentions are going to be interesting. I know. Here's what we're going to do. I'm here's what we're going to do. to see. And that's not really any different than any other day. And Nick just mutes them and says, leave me alone. No. But, uh, but the point but is. I don't I, care. They will not say, I want them to lose and I'm a diehard. Doesn't happen. Okay. Doesn't happen. Here's what we're gonna do. I do think. It doesn't. I do think you're not. You're not, not a diehard. I do think because you're getting die hard. I do, th- I do I think know. this is a conversation that we can pick back up, and maybe we'll pick it up on Friday as a as a topic in our in one of our segments. Friday, we'll pick it up and talk a little bit more about it. Until then, though, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!